two man game, TMG. Uh, get the news fast, AMG. Uh, game of two boxes, name two boxes that hit as hard as this. Yeah, we're cutting to the truth, no, there ain't no narrative. Eyes up on the cup this year, hear the stadium erupt this year. For my team, TMG. Welcome to the TMG podcast. Switch up. What's this episode one two one? One twenty. I don't even know. Why I'm so high. Two thousand twenty. I don't want to know. I don't. I'm too high. But let's start off. I'm too high right now. But I wanted to start off, the, start off the podcast on that team on a solemn note. Talk about their great fans Beckenbauer. Sad. Uh, sad news that he passed away on the um, the eighth of January. Uh, one of the greats of the game, uh, progressed the game to where it is, made modern football what is part of the reason progressing of modern football, uh, was a sweeper defender, uh, for the German national team. I think he's one of the only people to win the World Cup as a player and a coach. I believe so. One of the uh, three players. It's only three players. He named another. <laughs> the champs. <laughs> Did he? Yes, that's true. Oh, 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 you're trying to catch, catch him. There's one more. I don't know the other one. I, I think the other one's Zagala. Zagala. Brazilian. Brazilian. I think one in 2000. No, 98 and 58 and 62 as a player, I believe. You didn't win in 98. Huh? You didn't win in 98. So, no, no, 2002 then, somewhere bad. 2002, Scalow. Yeah, he was part of that. Um, the coaching staff. Okay, coaching okay. Staff, okay. Yeah, so, I've yeah. so, had that in 94. Um, one of those years he was part of it. I believe, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, Beckenbauer is known for his prowess on the ball. Uh, being a defender was also good on the ball, which would be very capable in this modern day football right now. Um, uh, I know that we've got football historian here, Mr. Mello, and he could probably give you more in depth understanding of what Beckenbauer was. France Beckenbauer, aka the Kaiser, which translates to the king. The king. Oh. Literally, he is one of the kings of football. <laughs> The kings of the defence, king defender, greatest ever defender there's ever been, and probably for my lifetime probably will be. Um, I don't really see it's gonna be very hard for a defender to become better than him. Uh, definitely centre backs, full backs maybe, but it's unlikely. I mean, he's impacting the game. You know, he's been the best player on World Cup winning teams, Euro winning teams. Champions League winning teams, only defending to win two Ballon d'Ors. Um, he transformed how defending's been viewed, you know, as a libero sweeper. Um, he started off as a midfielder, and and that's probably why his qualities coming up with the ball were so um, effective and so good. Because um, I think I was even reading up earlier on today. He even played as a youth, played like wing and stuff. Which reminds me, there's one boy I train actually he used to play as a winger, and he's really good with the ball. His feet, you could see. Uh, and that's if you look back, back at people like Ashley Cole and Roberto Carlos, so you shouldn't be so regimental in the progression yep. of uh, young in players. The years and Rio Ferdinand, those guys they play further up the pitch when they're young, and that's why their technique uh, is so so good. And Franz Beckenbauer is, you know, the epitome of that. You know, two times, like I said, two time Ballon d'Or winner, Euro winner in seventy two, World Cup winner in seventy four, won the European Cup slash Champions League. Um, I believe three years on the bounce was that with FC Hollywood or whatever they called FC them? Hollywood but they won FC Hollywood before he started they won the second division oh, transformed what they were in his debut season they got promoted I think as a 17, 18 year old to the mm. first division and they started winning titles and uh, they may have been in. They may have won titles before. I don't, I'm not sure, entirely sure. You can check it up. If or Bayern Munich. If you if you won their first league title, but they were in the second division. They got promoted, and he's the m biggest individual reason as a player why Bayern Munich is as big as they are. Bayern Munich, man, is a force, bro. If you see and the team that who they're owned by, you will understand. And he's <laughs> the biggest reason. Germany won a World Cup before him. Um, they won in 54 to great upset against Hungary with Puskas, I believe. Um, but he's the greatest reason why Germany football, German football is as big as it is. I mean, friends back on my water player. Um, you know, it's, it's a sad moment because we've lost in the space of two years or maybe even 18 months, we've lost a lot of pivotal icons, fundamental pieces, 
in the story of football. Obviously, we've lost Beckenbauer, we've lost Bobby Charlton, who actually played against each other in the 1966 World Cup final, uh, marked each other out of the game. Um, both the managers told him to mark each other out of the game, and you know, I was even having a conversation with one person, or maybe in one of my chats, that has there ever been a time where they've had two absolute greats, two top 10, top How 20. How old was the guy that you're talking to? Um, I think it's one of my chats. But yeah, the two top 20 players of all time where they've actually marked each other. How old, who, how old was the guy? There was just, I was trying to mention in one of my chats. Well, to be fair, you know, that's probably a rare Because think back, back, Franz Beckenbauer um, is without doubt top 10 and m definitely top but, seven. Are you saying marking each other one to one? Mark each other, not on the same pitch. It's not like Messi Ronaldo, but Wingo versus Wingo. Mbappe. Yeah? Messi Mbappe. No, but they're not marking each other. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, they could be on the same side of the pitch, yeah. but not marking each other. You're saying that you're going mano a mano, defending. Yeah. Now, know, obviously, if. Because they're playing in the middle of the park. Let's look at, um, you know, the La Liga El Clasicos for a period of time when you probably had Iniesta Xavi matching up against Modric and Cruz. I don't know how the overlap in that, but I don't know. They weren't at the peak of their powers, maybe. And there was a bit of overlap, but. Or that time when Brazil played France in 2006. Okay, yeah. Because on that pitch was a lot of players that. Lost who are or in their prime, but they want to mark each other. Um, like you had Zidane and Ronaldo, they're not going to mark each other. You have Ronaldinho one wing, they're not going to mark each other. You had Henri down the middle. Um, the defenders, centre backs of Brazil weren't entirely great. Who did Brazil centre mids? Centre mids: Gilberto Silva, Cleberson, these guys. Okay, so it wasn't. Um, Patrick Vieira. I mean, centre backs from France. Can't remember. There was no like, like I said, but there was a lot of st that game. Probably the most stardust you'd see in the last 20 years. I, had a, I think Kako was playing, he had a lot of Ballon d'Or winners, mm -hmm. uh, or Ballon d'Or should be winners, like Henri mm -hmm. and that. But um, you're saying there was no top 20, yeah, I, I of all time. The closest thing that I can remember is Diego Maradona up against Lofa Mateus, I believe in 1990, and I believe they paced again some other time, mm -hmm. and they probably faced some times in Italy. But in a, on an international stage, Lofa Mateus as a CDM DM up against Maradona as, a, as the attacking midfielder. Yeah, yeah. Um, Maradona. Without doubt, top four of all time. Um, Lofa Mateus probably eeks top 25. Bobby Charlton, I think, definitely top 25. Top. Uh, if you were to, you'll have to really go and delve deep down to put the other. Yeah, to go. yeah, those four guys, I mean, it was crazy. But yeah, he. Obviously got Messi number one, Pele two. I think it's a flip between Maradona and Ronaldo. You probably have Ronaldo three. Uh, Maradona four and then five. That's up for debate. Like a lot of names you could put there. You got Cruyff. You've got you Beckham. Oh, nine could has a debate. Beckham has a strong case. A strong debate. Strong case. Um, Zidane has a case. Hmm. Uh, obviously R nine. Di Stefano, guys like that, Puskas. There's a lot of people that have a debate for uh, who's fifth. A lot of guys are in that, can throw that in the ring, hmm. but I mean, yeah, there's some people that. People would come in and tell you that Zidane's the best player they've ever seen with their eyes. No. <laughs> but yeah, more fair enough. Back about four Bundesligas he won. He also <coughs> came back as a 36, 37 year old to win it with Hamburg. Um, it shows, you know, he's one of the most impactful players in in terms of winning. You know, when he, wherever he goes, he wins. We went to the, the Cosmos with Pele, and they won that three North American sports leagues, um, which later became the MLS. MLS. But obviously, those are not that valuable per se. But his impact of winning is phenomenal. Like Bayern Munich weren't really anything for him, and after him, they're Germany's biggest club by a, a streak. He laid the foundation, man. And you know. The skills he had, the ability he had, I think he would have adapted very easily to the modern game. Maybe pace would have been the issue, but I think he would have been on the ball. The ability on the ball would have stood out, and you know, he's kind of what the what the archetype modern centre back is right now. You know, being able to be comfortable on the ball, passing out from the back, and you know, controlling the game. Probably would have been. He may have been a DM. He may have been a. He may have been still centre back. Some you, not as much anymore, but you do get some short centre backs like five ten, five eleven. Yeah, guys that kind of Varo, mm. like five nine, Puyo, like five nine. How tall is he? Five eleven. Five eleven is not that. It's not short. It's like average height. Yeah. It, I don't think it'll struggle too much because how tall is the average striker? 
Well, he's not facing a Giroud all the time, is he? Well, so in the German league, he's probably been fine. In, mm-hmm. in the Premier League, may have been an issue, but he's, yeah, he's just elegant, class, personified. And, I, you know, I was referred to him, leadership skills, like I said, on 100. I, well, since for ball playing centre-back, to say, look at him. He's the pinnacle of what a ball playing centre-back is to be. Literally. Yeah. Of course, you know, the black and white footage is hard to watch. You know, you've got more modern day um, examples that are probably easy to digest. But if you want to see the best, I mean, for me, that's why I respect history so much. Because if I'm Lucas, I want to see the best. And the best, if the best so happens to be 50, 60 years ago, then so be it. Why you hate Sergio Ramos? I'm going to look at it. Because Sergio Ramos is not good enough compared to Beckham. He can't lace Beckham. But he's a winner, man. though. He's, he's won. Winning. He's won. So he's a winner. But he's also cost a lot of loss, a loss as well. But there's risk, man. He also has 30 records. High risk, high reward. Yeah, this guy doesn't have high risk. He just has high reward. Beckham, there's, there's a big difference between Beckham and Sergio Ramos. Do you blame PK for this? Sergio Ramos has been seen as one of the greatest. Um, you can, you can, yeah, PK. It's on the back of our generation. Unfortunately, yeah. <sighs> Thiago Silva, close second. So you got guys like Thiago Silva, Cellini. Um, oh, no, actually, I don't think Benucci is Company fell off, Terry, Ferdinand. Terry and Ferdinand, I think they're 2010s, but I, I heard once that, like, Terry was, like, like the UA for a top 11 player, like, five years in a row. Like, John Terry, yeah, the centre-back, he, he did his thing. He's probably... He, he just likes international success. If you real yeah. Ferdinand Terry had international success, they could throw their hat in the ring. Mm. But, yeah, I'm just checking it up now. Flipping one title before he came in 32. Did they win a title for 36 years? Yeah, I saw that. One in 32 and then they started winning titles again. I mean... Well, 32 middle again. That league has become a joke, man. He also won a title by Minnick as manager. I mean, Mr. Beckenbauer, he's, yeah, he's... Yeah, he's ingrained into that club, man. So it's a sad loss, man. He's just, yeah. Just, we're losing a lot of the greats, man. But I, I, I think it. we lost one Brazilian, one Brazilian, I can't remember what his name is, recently, this, this week, um, 92 years old, I can't remember. But like I said, it's been a, a sad moment because period because we lost Beckenbauer, lost Bobby Charlton, lost Pele, and we lost Maradona. I think believe in the space of eighteen months, and what they're three top ten guys all time, and Bobby Charlton um, has a case for top twenty, strong case. Oh, uh, Mario's a gallo. Oh, he's the one that passed away. Yeah, yeah. I that. He's the one both a player and a coach. I won a World Cup as well. Yeah. Man, oh, I didn't see that one. That's that's a pretty sad. He died in a Rio de Janeiro. Yeah, sad, sad man, sad. sad. Even that, yeah. Seeing as we're talking about football, let's move on to another sad topic. Let's talk about Arsenal. <laughs> oh, it's a sad, sad. Uh, one win in the last seven. It's Arteta under pressure. You know what? I think. I saw a clip today, maybe they were talking about Arteta compared to Wenger in his last days. So if you compare the last four years of Wenger to what Arteta's done right now. Uh, people saying that Arsenal are in their most successful time. Yeah. Uh, but the last four years, you know, Arteta's really turned it around. But I think it's a lot of PR, you know, what's happened with Arsenal and the turnaround. You know, last season was a very good season. People might say that last season was their anomaly. Because if you look at it, it was 8th, 8th. Missed top four, last season was second, and this season is looking like top four. So, you know, last season might have been the chance that he could have done to go over the hump. And this season, things have really changed, you know, from Christmas to now. Um, I hope I hope that it's just a blip in form, you know. There's not a lot of gap between Arsenal on the top of the table, but it's, it's uh, something to see. But if you were to compare Arsenal's last, Arsenal Wenger's last four years to this, I think 2014 Arsenal won the FA Cup. Uh, 2015 Arsenal won the FA Cup 2016-17 they challenged for the title lost it to Leicester um, 2018 they got to Europa League semi-final uh, this is in Arsenal's Arsenal's last day I think there's even a League Cup final appearance as well mm-hmm. um, which is a stark contrast to what we've done with Arteta which is only one title with a team that wasn't his in 2020 in the COVID affected season um, and you kind of see it's more of a it's more of a uh, 
how you look at it from a perspective because in Arsene Wenger's last days why he was achieving these things and getting top four and getting a cup mm-hmm. we didn't see it favourably um, I think that standards have slipped at Arsenal Football Club from wanting to win titles and cups we've just come to the point where we're, we're happy to play better football we're just happy to not lose games and just lord it over our rivals and saying that we're looking in a better place but what are we actually going to come away with this Arteta like, if you look back at Ateta's tenure so far, what are we going to actually say? Um, that's where I come across in the Ateta thing, is that, you know, we need something tangible now. We see the intangibles of the team. You know, you see there's a better squad harmony. You see that we play we played good football this season, the previous season. Uh, you know, you've got good young, young talents like people can be enamoured with, and they build connections with, like, Saka, Martinelli, Odegaard, all the Saliba. Gabriel, like top top talents, but we need something tangible now. We need something to say, yeah, you know. Gabriel, like Karen. Yeah, um, oh yeah, you got all these young talents. Uh, you know, you know, Gabriel guy. He's cool. He's just he's a bit bozo to me. Not a bit bozo. <laughs> he does some things, you know. But you got these talents now, and it's about converting it into something. Um, and after that hasn't shown me that he can he can convert something. He can convert that into something, uh, which I'm worried about. Uh, and that's where it comes to. I don't think Arteta out because if you look at alternatives in the market, there's nothing there. But this is not coming to Arsenal. You need to think about <clears throat> actual potential alternatives. Maybe Lapategu is there someone that you probably put a name out there, but that's not what Arsenal want right now. Arsenal need a proven winner, which uh, it's not. It's not readily available because if you're a proven winner, you'll have a job. Um, so, so yeah, that's where I'm at with Arteta. I think he has to turn it into something tangible. Um, and there's no real good alternatives out there, so you kind of have to ride it out. Um, wait, 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 what's your opinions? Um, yeah, I've always said, even when we were doing really poor before <laughs> last season, if you want to get rid of Arteta, make sure you have a top quality, like you said, proven winner that can really come in and make an instant impact and can, you know, convert our you know chances into titles and trophies if you don't have that then you know sit tight and let's see where this goes because Arsenal they'll try to make changes and you know people came and go and weren't that great with Emery and all that sort of stuff like yes you might as well ride it out give him a chance give him time you know see what happens um obviously we hit a blip I've you know the main issue is the attackers can't finish and it's not just Gabriel Jesus. It's uh, there's a great start that game Jamie Carragher pulled out. Um, it's Odegaard, it's Martinelli, it's uh, Gabriel Jesus as well, and no, Saka as well. Don't forget Saka, yeah. Of all those guys, all those guys, their stats are all <coughs> down across the board. Like Saka versus Salah stats. Wasn't nice. I mean, Saka, Saka's now you know he's elevated. He's been elevated into this um, you know top right winger conversation. Oh, he, sorry, he, the stats. he's not proven. Did Last season, Bartonelli got 15 goals, Odegaard 15 goals, Saka 14 goals, Jesus 11 goals in the Prem alone. Mm. Still wasn't enough. I mean, for me. So you got four players in double figures, that's very good. No, but individually, you would want, um, if you're a top, if you're a top winger, you would want to be very close to 20, if not above 20. Uh, that, that's, 20. I think that's unrealistic. That's like. No, no, if you're top, if you're top, top, that's like, what? Yeah, but that's Salah and Son even if reach 20. No, but if you're, if you're someone that they compare to Salah, you want to be getting very close to 20 goals. Obviously, goals What's and assists. Oh, this is this is goals, goals and assists. Yes, you definitely want above twenty. But if you're a top 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 winger, you want to be very close to twenty. So let's just say like Martinez, the way he plays, he's not really a build up guy. Mm-hmm. He would want to be definitely very close to twenty. Odegaard, fifteen goals is is fantastic. I'm happy with yeah. that. As a attacking midfielder, I'm happy fifteen goals. Gabriel Jesus, eleven. That's the awful. Um, he did get injured, to be fair. But uh, eleven goals. Do you know he has not? Solanke's got twelve. WJ has never got a season of twelve or, or more goals in the Premier League. So Solanke has already beaten that. What my, I'm not worried. So for me, I I think you're done. He's got eleven goals in twenty six games. I would say, I would say, as a winger, I, if you're a top winger in the Premier League, I expect at least double digit goals and double digit assists as a top top winger. That's like the upper echelon winger. And if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna be getting double digits, I need you to outweigh. 
you need to be extra have give me extra goals compared to the assists. So twenty goals and assists is my minimum. That's what I'm looking at you as a winger. So I think Saka Martinelli last season they got to that stage. Even Odegaard chipped in, but he's an attacking midfielder, so I don't expect that from them. Gabby J, I need fifteen goals minimum as my striker. Fifteen goals minimum. If you're not giving me fifteen goals, what's the point? What, what, what are you adding? What are you a uh, top assister like Jobo was in the days? Like when Jobo wasn't scoring as many goals in his first couple of seasons, he was getting a lot of assists. Like Gabby J doesn't give me is not giving me any end product at all. So I need. Wait, wait, eleven? Did he get twenty goals and assists in all comps last year? Um, not sure. He needs to. You're a striker, a top striker, or a top club. Like that's what I expect. Look at that. City got rid of Gabby Jesus. Got Haaland in. Everything changed for them. So Saka that's got, what you, that's the difference between the Saka top got, He got forty goals and eleven assists. See, that's top numbers. That's top numbers. Is that for last season? Last season he did pretty well, but my main issue is to combine fifty-five goals, sixteen, and obviously the conversion rate was sixteen percent. So Martinez nineteen percent, Saka and Odegaard sixteen, and um, Hayes fourteen. Where the benchmark usually is twenty percent. Mm. Really, is that just all shots on targets or is this, um, last season shot conversion of shots? Yeah. This season. Martinelli, at the time of the of the stats, were provided two goals. Two Odegaard four goals. Saka six goals. Gabriel three goals. This is around the halfway point. Conversion rate of Martinelli six percent, which is down from nineteen. Mm -hmm. Odegaard um, ten percent down from sixteen. Saka twelve percent again down from sixteen. Gabriel nine percent down from fourteen. So collectively, we've gone down from fifty-five goals to fifteen. Obviously, if you were to project that out, that would probably extrapolate to thirty goals and conversion rate of ten percent. So we really need them to hit a purple patch for us to have our hope. I, We're five points. I'll be five points behind the top. Yeah. Um, it's still, it's still a long way to go. Got but. To face Liverpool. You got to face others. What I would say in terms of that is that I think Arsenal. Obviously, you got a whole season of downloaded data against Arsenal now. So the way teams will face you, yep. they've downloaded that data. They now they've got the adjustments now against how you play um, and what style of play that you you will have as well. So that's obviously limiting. You know, people are planning for you. It was a surprise last year. That's what, that's why you were scoring so many. Now they're planning for you. Also, a big issue that the Arsenal have is actually the build up play from the midfield. You know, I feel like Partey was the Arsenal lack a bit of fluidity. So although they're having possession and although they're getting, they, they're getting chances, the chances they're getting are not the same type of chances they were getting last year. Uh, and I know it's, it's weird because Arsenal had a lot of shots and on goal and stuff, but it's a different type of chance. The chances Arsenal were getting last year might have been Martinelli one on one, or it's a cutback opportunity. The chances now you're getting are in a haze of people where it's hard to get the shot off. You haven't got limited time, so it's a different type of chance. The for error. Yeah, the margin of error is different. Like I feel like the chances Arsenal created last season were they were a lot easier for you to convert. Like the, the opportunities are begging for you to score now. The, now it's harder. It's harder work. You're getting into position. It's not as clean as it's not as clean as goal, but we still expect you to deliver those goals. Let's just see the XG. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a good way to look. It's like, what's the quality of the chances that Arsenal players are getting? Like, how are you underperforming? I know Gabby J. He always underperforms his XG. Uh, I feel also another factor is the competition for places, because you have these four attackers and they're nailed on attackers. You know, like. You know that they're going to play game in, game out if they're fit. Then the lack of competition is also could be making these players complacent. Like, you're not fighting, you're not hungry, you're not fighting for your place. Like, last season you had that hunger because you were doing something that you'd never done before. Now there's an expectation, you know, from the crowd that like, we need to perform to this level. Uh, but you're just like comfy because you know no one's coming to take your sport. Like, you look at the bench, you see Reese Nelson and Trossard. You know the manager doesn't really want to throw them on. Or Enketia, like, the manager doesn't want to play them. You know you're going to play week in, week, in, week out. And, you know, sure. I feel like they need to be a little bit more hungry when they get those chances. They need that. They need to have that fear. They have, it, it, what's the word? Is it appropriate fear? Like, they don't. I don't think Arsenal have appropriate fear when they're facing the, the opposition's like. You wouldn't be this wonderful if you actually know that teams are actually going to punish you. They don't have the appropriate fare. They're not playing with it. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, um, yeah, the competition breeds efficiency mm -hmm. and it gets rid of you know complacency, mm -hmm. um, which Arsenal suffer from uh, up front. But like, the, obviously, the FA Cup game 
were on top. First half, how we mm. score three, four goals is beyond me. And Arsenal are paying the price for their pro, um, you know, being wasteful up top. Um, Look, like Havertz is coming. It's just, it's just not of the level to improve your team. Like, do you know what I would say? Yes, what uh, he has good qualities, but he's just not a good player. He has good qualities, but it's not packaged correctly. Yeah, and he's playing with a guy that's not his low confidence. He looks taking too many touches to get into. He takes too long to get into his actions. And if, if if I remember watching him before when he was at the, you know probably his best when he was at Bayer Leverkusen. <laughs> It seemed like he got into his actions very quickly and sharply. Mm. Um, you know, so I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but he just taking too long to get into his actions. And I, he doesn't strike the ball well, or well enough f these days. But he's always, a, he's got, what well, well, I can't knock him is that he gets chances. He, I don't know how he does it. He's got the run. Yeah, yeah movement's, movement's good. good. He's always been good. You know, he, you know, he arrives late in the box, his timing's good, but I mean, you know, you you can you can find the form, goal scoring form by you know a, a turn of a flick, a switch. But he's whether that will happen, I don't he's know. Actually, contributing goals to an acceptable level, you know, doing what Alves does. But I think like in the he's he he's good off the ball, but on the ball, what he he's a negative. And we're a good team. Yeah. When you're a good team, you're like oh, an expect a team that's expected to win. You gotta have position, and you need to be good on the ball. So all these off the ball qualities, they don't help. They're not adding. They're not. They're not helping Arsenal this season. That's another thing I have with Vice. I think Vice, he takes too many touches in the middle of the park. Doesn't move the ball quickly, and he's not moving the ball forward. But his progression stats say. Um, but it's, it's different. Though. It's a good thing that we watch the games because the passes he's playing forward might be very simple passes. They're not line breakers. Um, they're not as good as probably parties ones, but you know the progression stats. But is, do you know what it might be? When you look at progressions, that's because Shaka used to have Zaka used to have the best possession. But all these passes, progression, not possession, progression. Yeah, his progression passes. They were down to the left. They were just to the left back, down down the wing. Where are the passes? What are the areas are he's making these passes? Are they down the middle? Are they into threatening areas? What 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 all these progression passes are? If I remember seeing the diagram, it looked like they were um, well balanced. But okay. I mean. I think the main issue is it's not just I think Rice has been a very good replacement for Partey but obviously the person is the issue about the person has replaced Xhaka because Rice and Partey I mean right, I think Rice is a slight upgrade but it's, it's not that big but the downfall I think of, offensively but the downfall is much better than Rice the downfall of Xhaka from Xhaka to um, Havertz is huge but you remember Xhaka's good at passing ability was very good. Xhaka was better on the ball than than Havertz. That's clearly I think that, clearly, that, that a million miles. Xhaka was better than in pretty much every department. He scored climb off. No, no, no. Off the ball, I think Havertz is probably better. He scored scored quite a few goals as well. He's and he's like I said, Xhaka strikes. The Xhaka was a threat. Like if you cut the ball back to Xhaka, he could do an early cross. He could do, he could fire a ball to someone's mm. feet into into the pockets. He could yes. score a goal. I mean, why did we even get, let him go the way he was playing? I think I think he reached the end of his course. You know, he's had a criticism from the crowd. He's done all of these things. I think it's just time. Yeah, but this was probably his best ever season last season. Yeah, but then you, sometimes you not you think you can't reach those peaks again. I, I I think the, the upgrade would have been someone of Saka's ilk, Zaka's ilk, but could also get you double figures goals. That's like Bayer Leverkusen enjoying his... He's enjoying it. Bayer Leverkusen don't lose. I mean, that's what they thought Havertz could do. Come in, but he's not as good in the ball. That's the issue. Like. Now the alternative I'm seeing is Onana. That for me doesn't move the needle for me because he's more of a he's a he, he's a he's a mover. He's box to box. He's very agile. He's okay with the ball, but to progression, he's not going to add offensively to Arsenal. Yeah, he seems like defensively he'll be solid. He, will he seems like a counter attack player. Hmm. And obviously, Arsenal's issue is you know you're not really going to be you're going to be on the ball. You're going to be breaking down low blocks. He'd be cute and clever. Yes, I mean. I mean, if that means Odegaard probably comes slightly deeper and Anana is now making more final third runs, running passes, the striker and fair play. But, I mean... You probably what, need someone like... Who would I say? It's a CM that you probably... Maybe someone like an Enzo or... Someone of Enzo that could... I don't know. Would I say Enzo? Enzo's got the pass on a bit. I'm trying to think. Who has the pass on a bit and can add goals? Oh, I love it. I like Douglas Louise. 
Douglas Louise oh, is good. It's good on the ball, but I think he's a bit. Yeah, it's quite the. Um, yeah, maybe a Douglas Louise. He gets quite a few goals. I think Douglas Louise could be the. T he won't get penalties at Arsenal though. You have to say that. I think McGinn. Someone like McGinn. Never McGinn. But, oh, no, I'm saying someone like McGinn. Like that's a. He's a hustler. He's okay on the ball. He can score. Yeah, Arsenal need an English midfielder. Could no, do no, they can't get him again. No, because they've got price. You need. They're also going to go for someone with elegance and something like that. But it seems that what does, actually what you're describing is old-fashioned English midfielder. They can do it all. Yeah, you need someone that can basically do it all. No. Do it all midfielder. You know, I can progress the ball. I can do this. I can do that. Do not also alternatively, if you don't want to get a do it all, get someone like Gavi. Oh no, okay. Pedri, Pedri. A Pedri type, because he would be perfect for what Arsenal are doing. Because he's also good on possession. He's got a bit about him off the ball as well. He's like a bit tenacious as well. But he would be perfect. Literally, he would he would cover the deficiencies in Vice. Yeah, I hear that. And that's it. And Vice will do all the defensive work for him. And he can be the one to be the link between him and Odegaard. You just need that kind of player. That's why I would say Enzo it would be, Enzo would be perfect, because... He's got the passing range, he's got the ability. Defensively, I don't think he's amazing, but you'd have rights to cover you. And you can now just distribute the passing in a possession-based What about Tonali pre-Bets? But Tonali would have been good. Tonali's very tenacious. I like Bruno G. Yeah, that's how it should have signed. Yeah, Bruno G. The real Bruno. Real Bruno, perfect. Real Bruno, can you please stand up? Even, even Paqueta. If Paqueta came to Arsenal, boy, who add that dimension, him and... Odegaard. Well, if Newcastle didn't make Champions League, I don't think Newcastle. Newcastle got money, man. Newcastle not selling. Bruno, Bruno's. It's got a release cost of like a hundred plus. But Bruno's wage demands probably would be maybe too much. Depends how much he's getting. But yeah, interesting. Um, we'll see what Arsenal can do. Uh, probably sign a new striker. Tony said he's gonna try and repay the faith that thing he put in Brentford. So it looks like he's not be available. Not cutting, but every time I hear a rumor that he's he's cutting, no, it's uh, Victor Oshiman. No, nah, I don't want an injury prone man at Arsenal. Is he injury prone? He's always injury prone. He's very injury prone. Watkins. No. Actually, Watkins is better. It's better than Jesus, man. We got guys that are already out on him. I can't really. Yo uh, said he's out and Jesus. Um, but I was out of him last year. I said Nunes is better than him, and he is. Jesus does everything, but score. I don't know about Nunes being better than because Nunes is... It's more chaos, bro. Nunes is straight chaos. I love Nunes. No, nah, I don't think Nunes because Nunes is not as polished. Like, he's just... Just give me goals, man. I, I don't know what... what. Well, I'm just saying that Nunes, but I, give me goals. The only guy that guaranteed goals as a striker is Haaland. I saw funny... Or Julian Alvarez. That is guaranteed. That's a guy that would have been perfect. Yeah, I saw a funny tweet was saying that the state of the number nine is in more football. This what, Premier League is terrible. The state of number nine in the world is terrible. Yeah, right now, it's... You've got Werner coming back to Spurs. Yeah. You've got Gabby Hayes for Arsenal. You've got Hoyland for Man United. You've got Nicholas Jackson for Chelsea. Yeah. You've got Daniel Nunes for Liverpool. Do you know how bad that There's is? There's only two world-class number nines in, in the world. That's in, the, in, the, in the world, even because Lewandowski, his time's up. That's another question I had for you. Like, when you look at the Prem, how many world-class players would you say there is? And what do you define as world-class? How many more class players? So I'll start off with what do you define the name? So. Um, obviously got past. It obviously got past the eye test. Uh, and depending where they play, stats come into it. But you, you got to be a consistent performer at the top top level. Not you can't just be a world class player bad enough the Premier League. In my opinion, you got to do it at least either internationally and on European top tier tables for the Champions League as well. But you got to do it for at least two seasons. So you would you say like? You if you have an amazing season, you still haven't qualified. It needs to be long term. There may be exceptional circumstances, like if you had like a Haaland type season, that was your first season, or if you had like a Rodri type season last season, that was your first season, mm -hmm. then fair play, I would, you know, project forward that you're world class already. Uh, but, you know, you having a very good season. Like Victor Osherman, for me, I can't say he's world class because it's only one season. Or maybe there's been another season here and there, but I say one season that I can remember. Um, you need to have at least two really good seasons on all levels. Do you have to be consistently one after another? Or? Of course, yeah. You can't have one great season and be average next season. You know, you can have maybe you can have a great season and be good, then be great again. Then maybe, but you can't be you can't be bad. You say that being world class is like an accreditation. You have to you have to qualify. It has to be like yeah. once you get your world class, like going forward, we would just say you're world no, class. No, but you can. I guess some people can lose the tag. I mean, for me personally, after Trent got that um, corner for yeah, yeah, you anointed him early. I anointed him early, but then he fell off for a season or two. 
I think Liverpool did as well, but he mm. fell off for season two. But then he seems to be coming back now, and I find it strange because I'm I'm one of his biggest admirers. But whilst he plays fullback, I also would you know hold him accountable because defensively he's a whore. But would you not say that? I, for so for me, I'll counter that and say Trent's got ability and a skill for me to say I don't. I've seen a, enough of him to say that he's world class, but I've only seen one season where he's put it together consistently but I believe the skill and ability that he has he's world class he has world class ability that goes without saying I mean the things he's doing from right back you, you haven't really seen you have definitely haven't seen in the Premier League mm -hmm. in world football you're talking about guys like Danny Alves Cafu didn't do that sort of didn't dictate a game like that but this is Danny Alves and that's literally it. Marcelo, maybe people will say Marcelo. I think Marcelo was very impactful going Marcelo forward. on left back side, yeah, cool. Roberto Carlos, cool, but even he's more explosive. And you know, but is this yeah, Daniel Alves? What I was would even you say in comparison to someone like Ashley Cole? Because you know, Ashley Cole was world class, but he, he didn't have those. Uh, he didn't control a game from Ashley Cole was just very balanced. He could attack and defend, he was, but he wasn't controlling the game per se like he could you know he could get he could yeah good final ball he could dribble a bit but it wasn't like Roberto didn't really control the game he, he had explosive moments Tim Cafu had explosive obviously that was also um created a lot by his technique his ball striking yeah. his crossing his you know finishing but Trent with his like passing range but what do you things. so you say that I've got another counter you you say control again I think Jordi Alba has a case then nah you don't think Prime Jordi Alba? He was very, very impactful for those Barcelona teams. He was good, but he didn't, con he didn't control the game like Trent or Dani Alves. Jordi Alba was good. Messi, that was Messi's outlet ball. Yeah, that, yeah. Messi's outlet ball for you to cross it doesn't mean you're controlling it. For you to, um, but he was impactful. Like, you had to know where no, that, you he, had to he, know he where he is. Impactful. I'm not going to say he was, but also controlling the game. Like, Messi's outlet ball for him to be a square pass does not mean you're controlling the game. Like, Trent is actually getting on the ball, making 60, 70, 80 passes a game, mm. uh, 60, 70, 80 yard passes a game. Danny Alves with his dribbling, controlling the tempo, passing range, you know, he's, he's interplay with Messi, Javi on that side as well. Was unparalleled. So, so you say that and I, I totally agree. So you wouldn't classify Trent as a world class then? Cause I would see, we'll see end of the season. I would say he's world class. We'll see end of the season, but Right now, it's too early for him to say. I'll say Trent is world class because I've seen enough of him performing in a top moment, which is you know he's won a Champions League, he's played well, he's won a league as well. Uh, they're two different seasons as well. Uh, for me to say that you know Trent has the ability and he's showing me in the big moments, he's got a world class ability. That goes so that's why I would say that he he's world class. Um, but what the thing about Trent? Especially the more as he plays right, if, when he, if he eventually shifts to midfield and fair play, I think he'd be fine because he has a lot more protection. But recent, but Liverpool have done a great job of protecting him because every time someone has the ball on his side, the winger they've got an athletic centre back. They got the Canati's right there, mm -hmm. or Slobber Slide, whoever's playing right to the mid is right there. I think even when they played City, Salah was there for a bit. Yeah, but this is what but, happens when you have a great player, you have to protect him. But that's what City, Liverpool do, and City were doing well. The Arsenal don't do that much. Mm -hmm. Um, even though our defensive record towards at the beginning of the season until that game last year it's not been great but it, like for example they, City and Liverpool when we played them they did not they doubled our best players we didn't double their best mm. players they um, they protected their weak points as quick as clearly as possible Arsenal weren't doing that which is very interesting I don't know what Artis is saying yeah he leaves Zinchenko on the island a lot I don't know why uh, Gabriel needs to support him I think yeah. Gabriel plays on that side more but Gabriel's athletic he may not be quite as athletic as Saliba but he's mm. athletic like he should be able to cover the ground and Declan Rice is right there you got another guy that's going to be there like go, you can go that's what Liverpool literally did they literally shift the I, don't, I, I don't think so this is the issue the difference between Zinchenko and Trent I think obviously Trent is world class he has that but he did, he, and he commands that respect in his dressing room because they know what he can do mm. I don't think Zinchenko commands that kind of respect even though he's very impactful in the way Arsenal play yeah. I don't think he commands respect like oh yeah we need to protect this guy we need to protect this guy so they, maybe not I mean, he's not, as, he's not as impactful obviously as Trent but um, he's very important to Arsenal because when he doesn't play Arsenal seems to play poorly I mean there's no there's no replacement since Tierney's gone he got killed who seems like an awful sign he doesn't have the same attributes as Zinchenko. Like Zinchenko, very comfortable. I think he will play centre back, but you know we'll see. He's a centre back. He's like you're talking about Zinchenko. He's not really a left back. He's a centre mid in a left back position, and he adds so much quality to the centre mid position because he has the ability to play the ball forwards and you know can cover other people's deficiencies. Acts as another pivot. Defensively, shocking, shocking. He's a weak point at Anfield. He's the reason why Salah scored. Like. 
he shows Salah onto his strong foot. Those read the scout report, man. I don't, like what? What the That's cool boy defending because you have you know his strong foot. You have the line mm. to use as an extra defender mm. or extra help. Show him down the line. If he cuts into left foot, he has to come back and mm. come into you and you tackle it. Unless he someone makes you, mm. you shouldn't. You just, it was just like like in football, man. Like I remember, I used to always used to do this religiously. Even when I was playing against teams mm. I was way better than. Mm. I'll show everyone onto their weak foot. Just show the yeah the instructions. Show them onto. Their, I'll I'll click on their profile. It says the right foot. Show them onto his left foot. I don't all the front like four or five players for most of the most part whoever I was playing showed them to me because all it takes is what you let them on the weak strong foot for once they put a good ball into the box they score usually in mm. one nil and obviously that's the mentality I had so I had to make sure everyone had intensity, some sort of intensity to you close down the top players you tightly mark maybe the strike mm -hmm. or whatever but you show uh, the front six you have, they have good, and the fullbacks as well show them to the weak foot don't give them the opportunity to put three balls into the box into because you know all it takes is one lapse of concentration mm. it's a goal but yeah going back onto your point about um or question about who the world-class players are in the premier league i'll say allison is yes as much as i love edison he has a mistake in him but i think he's still world-class man Yes, I think his ball distribution well, his ball distribution is one it's probably the best i've ever seen so he probably does get it. um uh, other keepers in the prem i i would say Mart. i mean martinez has a case but see this is what the, the thing is is an ability and form thing as well as you said there's other things that contribute to it yeah you know martinez i don't think he has the ability of the top two keepers on this list oh plays form as well and he contributes to winning so we'll see we'll see end of the season i i wouldn't put my i wouldn't put martinez as as world class but he's a world cup winner like he, he, you know there's some things he's got on his resume you, you refer to how can you not say he's a world he's a world class like he say penalties in like the biggest moment he showed up at the biggest moment in world football like yeah how can you say that he's not world class um he's up he's up there for sure definitely very close defenders um van dyke van dyke i've got saliba and i've got trent and i've got walker uh, um, is not there yet. He's on his way. I think he's got he's got he's, talent. He's got ability. He's got ability for sure. But I have to see a bit more. Um, who else is there? Um, Kyle Walker, yes. Stones is uh, interesting one. Um, I'm trying to think, is he any other defenders? What Thiago Silva's? Thiago Silva's OG man. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Left backs. The Prem? None. Unless you want to give Robertson. I still give Robertson a nod, yeah. He always been injured. I still give Robertson. I, I rate Robertson highly. You think he's a world class? Yeah. I think Robertson. Robertson, I mean, Robertson was. Um, but you wouldn't give Trent world class, but you'll give it to Robertson. Yeah, but Robertson doesn't have, like, a def like he, Robertson's not a defensive liability in the team. He had, he, when Liverpool fell off, they, he didn't play well, probably. Yeah. But Robertson, like Trent, Leach has a glaring weakness in his game. Where if anybody that has confidence and a bit of skill runs at him, they're gonna get past him. Mm -hmm. But you know, like I said before, but what, what's, you're saying, but Robert, you're saying like Robertson's like a, like a A, it's like oh, like a B performer across the board, and he's like consistently, but he doesn't have the exception, exceptional talent that Trent does. That's offensive speaking. He can be replaced. Robertson. Um, Who's harder to replace? Trent on Robertson. If you replace as a Liverpool f um, team, if you replace Trent, then you have to you know rejig your offense a bit, mm -hmm. or not a bit, quite a bit. That's why you the impact. Then. He does, but defensively, he's an open door. Like like he, like this in the City game where he got man in the match. Mm. Yeah, he was getting pumped by Doku. You don't understand the goal that City scored. He got done too easy. The double team. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he scored a goal. Like I don't feel comfortable with my rap as giving up goals and, and contribute to goals. Um, you like it's, you got, it's, you got to keep the back door shut. But like I said, a lot of the times people are getting past it. They're not they're not converting. If these people start converting the chances where they get past him, it's a net zero, man. You know he's gonna he's gonna look he's gonna look crazy. But, but how know, many people? How many times you face him on Doku? I mean, no one's Doku. Even in Wobi's getting past him. No, Wobi's not getting. There was. There's a clip of a Wobi dubbing somebody. It was in our gender chat. Like anyone, when they see Trent, they get confidence. And right. Like, Wobi Martinelli came on and dropped past him twice. I'm sure Nelson got past him. Martinelli had some chances against them. Like 
every, every winger in the Prem looks at Fingy and says, you know, I'll have it. I'll, I'll have it out with you. You can. I know you're not going to stop me. But, you know, Van Dijk and Konate and the rest of the team, they protect him so it doesn't look as bad. But, he, like I said, he just doesn't, it appears to me he doesn't take the defensive side of his game seriously enough. Do you have that defensive pride? Like, it, well, I wonder how it is. I would love to be a flannel when they're trading, when they do 1v1s. <laughs> like, sign up against Trent, he's probably licking his lips. Like, going past, and how does Trent deal with the fact that he's always getting burnt and done? Does he mm -hmm. don't want to improve? That's well, he, uh, I'm sure he does. When he does actually apply himself, which he takes a lot, he, he can defend. It's just, you know, it's not his first, it's not his first thought. It's instinct. You can't defend 1v1. Team defending, not so bad. He's getting, he's getting better, but 1v1 defending is awful. But yeah, um, I think for midfielders, I have Rodri, Bernardo Silva, um, KDB. Uh, I would have had Partey there, but I think, I don't think Partey is, you know, I don't think he meets it. I think, there's a lot of people on the cusp of it. Yeah, there is. But they're not there. But that's three bona fide, uh, you know, world-class CMs. You want to put Bruno? No. <laughs> but, you know what? I can't... Bruno, you know, he is technic technically he is. <laughs> technically he is. He's had two or more seasons where he's performed, you know, over a high standard. You know, I can't really knock him. Casemiro would also say he's world-class because of what he's, he's achieved. Yeah, so. sure. Um, as well, you know, I don't think Liverpool have those players anymore. Nope. They used to. Um, Chelsea, I love Enzo, but he's not really performed or showing me anything. Salcedo, nope, 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 nope. Uh, yep. in terms of that, Arsenal, Vice, Odegaard, they're all on the cusp, but they need more. They need to do more in terms of that, you know. Uh, I wouldn't even look Aston Villa now. I'm looking down the tables and trying to see Newcastle you know they have Bruno G's on the cusp you know, to show me a little bit more you know, played well in the Champions League but in terms of that I wouldn't have that I don't think Tottenham have any of those players yet I think I would say Madison's very close yep. he needs to show me on the Champions League and maybe internationally level that he can be there um, and then we can have that conversation I like Paqueta as well but they're just they're just so below they're just good players like they're just like very good players right now. There's a lot yeah. of very good players in the bona fide up city have them. What about so if you look at our wingers? Salah, Son. Mm -hmm. That's it. Man. They're bona fide. Bona fide. Do you know when a man is they're bona fide I think What about Foden, your boy Foden? I I actually have Foden as world class. Um, I have Foden as world class. And I say but world class ability just needs to be more consistent. Yeah. And I feel like the ability is the reason why I have him as world class. And if I have to put Foden as world class, I have to say Saka is there as well. But no. my Saka, I've been Saka so borderline. Like, and uh, Saka's not world class for me. We'll see what we'll see if he can recover this season. Very good player, but the way about he... Rashford? Nah, come on. You don't think if we had this conversation in the last season, you wouldn't have had Rashford as world class. He's too hot and cold. <laughs> Saka. Yes, he's I think Son and Salah are bona fide. Everyone else, you can. Saka, he still needs to show a bit more. He can't be world class over like a season and a half or, or like world class level. You need to, at least two seasons. And um, then up top, there's only one. So if you look at that, there's only like 11 world class players in the Premier League. Yeah. Premier League 11 is no dirty. It's tough, man. It's tough to get to that, that, that next air because there's a lot of people in the very good. You know, in football managers like continental yep. or national, a lot of men in the continental section. For sure, for sure. But yeah, I know. Before we close, you know, maybe we can talk a bit of boxing. I had a good conversation. Uh, we talk about. We can just quickly five minutes on Riyadh. Uh, talk to me about Wada. Right ring rust. Um, since he's heads out of the game. Um, he's focused on other things. And he's been, it seems like he's been civilized. You know, when you get civilized, you know, you don't, not willing to go the extra mile. You're not saying he wasn't, but you know, maybe in training, not affecting, not sharp enough, not hungry enough. What did Marvin Hagler say? Yeah, it's hard to try, go up and do, um, road work when you're waking up in silk pajamas. Uh, maybe that's the case. Um, Joseph Parker, fantastic performance, headed by his trainer, Andy Lee. 
who was also in Tyson Fury's corner when they fought Wilder. So there, he was the best person to give you a game plan. So, yeah, man. I think Joe, I think Parker was more impressive than Fury in his fight. Yeah, hundred percent. I think he literally nullified it Wilder's right hand, and I think it showed it showed a lot that Wilder had fought a lot of competition that was below dross. Yeah, it was below quality opposition. Pure and when he actually fought a fighter that you know, but most fighters do this. They they know what the issue is. What they do is what happens is that they get tired. And when they get tired, that's when Wilder normally, you know, punishes them. Yep. And, you know, Parker didn't get tired. Parker's an elite level fighter. He's going the distance with a lot of these the top heavyweights. Yep. And he just he he, he When this with pure AJ, when was at his best. <laughs> so think about that, like he took AJ the distance, uh he's fought a, a heavy hitter like Joe Joyce, who's consistently pounding your head. Yeah. Uh, he's been fighting the Chizoras and those people. These are like Chizora on if Chizora was on um, Wilder's resume, he'd probably be like the third best fighter he's faced. Probably, yeah. Shocking. It tells you a lot about what Wilder's um, resume is. Yeah, his resume definitely needs to be audited. Um, shout out to um, Boxing Bros USA because I believe they did that. But yeah. Um, Joshua's performance authoritative, the best I've seen him perform in a long time. Um, he's more bouncy, more springy. Um, and he's, yeah, he's just stepping in with that jab, looks so good. It's combination punches, um, strong right hand. He basically beat the, the fight out of Mr. Otto Wallen, who was, you know, quietly confident that he could come and nick the game, uh, or win the fight, but yeah, that wasn't it to be. Uh, Joshua, yeah, hopefully he can maintain his style and approach. And if he does, then he can be a nightmare for anybody in the heavy division, namely, obviously, Fury and Yusuf Chaji to fight next. Before we close, um, do you think he should stay with Derek James or change? change. Derek James is my guy, but he's on poor form. Um, I'd say, yeah, Ben Davis is right there. Why not, man? So you would, you would stay with Ben Davis? I think Ben Davis really pulled out the best of AJ. Yeah, and AJ's not just some... Um, ben Davis is not just some any coach. He's one that... You know, he's been in the game for not that long, but quite long enough. So yeah, but before against Lyndon Arthur, it's levels to this. It's levels to this boxing. Even Zoe Ellis against um, what's the good? Jay Upper is like there's levels, bro. There's levels of being a good continental boxer and then being a world boxer. Like Level. there's levels between being good nationally yeah. and the world stage, and that's the levels and internationally. It's the levels. levels are just. The levels are just crazy, man. Like, the type of fight Bivol is, I was a bit disappointed he didn't finish Arthur earlier, but, you know, there's just levels he's toying with him, to be fair. Yeah. He's toying with him. I hope Bivol fights um, Bertie Bioff. But who knows? Callum Smith has a chance against Bertie Bioff, you know? We'll see. We'll see. Callum Smith is a heavy hitter, you know, disappointed with his performance against Canelo, but um, I think he can cause damage, man. We'll see. But yeah, it's the TMG boys. Make sure you like and subscribe. Follow us on the YouTube. Sorry, like, subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on the Instagram, the Twitter. This is us audibly on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is Mellow. This is J.